For listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show. It is Monday, May 11th, 2020. Glad to have you with us here live for this show that we do uh, once a week, uh, every week during this time. We just kind of tell you what's going on. And every now and then, uh, twice a month, we have special uh, kind of regular guests, uh, kind of almost like guest hosts. And uh, today being the second Monday of the month, we have uh, Jen Ball with uh, Young Catholic Professionals coming on at the bottom of the hour. She's a founder, national executive director, and uh, she always brings another guest with her, except for last week. I mean, I'm sorry, last month it was just she and I uh, chatting. So she's going to be on the phone, and she's going to introduce us to Andre Valdivia. And I honestly don't know... Uh, what Andre does for the organization. We're just going to have to find out like the rest of you. And so she'll be on at 1230. And until then, uh, it's going to be me and Cecil and you and also Monsignor Charles Pope. So uh, before we get into all that, uh, how you doing, Cecil? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I almost said good morning. You said <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's close enough. <laughs> it's We're close only enough. Well, a minute into afternoon, so that'd yes. be excusable. Uh, have a good weekend? Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty busy weekend. Um, yeah. yeah. Got to go to Mass. We did get to go to Mass. It's always exciting, even more so these days. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I will say the difference at, at my parish between last week and this week uh, nothing officially changed. I mean, we still had the social distancing and every other pew was blocked off and everything, but there was just a, a different feel. People, you know, I, I've said many times, I, I'm, I'm kind of beyond all this. I'm not discounting the fact that people are sick and there's, uh, you know, people have died and all that, but I, I'm just ready to, I, I don't know, I don't know, shake hands, hug, get, move on, get to <laughs> yeah, events. Uh, and, and I'm curious how other people are, are thinking as well. I don't know about you. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I just think that um, people, if they do have a, a good immune system and they feel they're, they're not in that compromised category, maybe it is just time to get out and start living regular lives again. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's where I am. I don't know. Yeah. No, I definitely am ready to go back. I, particularly the thing that's been like the hardest for me besides not having mass is not having being able to get together with my friends and or mm-hmm. go, just even us yeah. go to mass together, sit together, anything like very simple things. Like I just want to have a friend over yeah. and chat or we can just go and sit in my car and talk like we used to, you know? Right. Right. And even like yesterday with Mother's Day, a lot of people. Yeah. And I think Texas is a whole lot better than other states. Oh, for sure. Uh, being able to just uh, get together and uh, enjoy yeah. your, your mom. And, you know, hopefully most people are able to see their moms. Uh, I know we had a really nice Mother's Day. And so, um, uh, happy day after Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and uh, that was pretty cool. I, I do want to tell you that, um, you know, we have a Summer Speaker Series event. That's one of the reasons why this is on my mind, because as a committee, we talk about our Summer Speaker Series event, uh, which is going to be July 23rd. Monsignor Charles Pope is going to be our speaker. In fact, I'm going to play an interview that I did. This is not aired yet. I did it last week with him talking about, you know, him coming on July 23rd, which, by the way, he's he's eager. He's ready to come. I mean, that's uh, April, May, June. Uh, I mean, that that's April, wait, May, June, July. Still, what, less than, a little less than three months from now? Mm. Um, wait. <laughs> no, more than three months. It's more than three months from now. Yeah, we're, 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 no, no, we're in May. I'm sorry. Okay, a little, little over two months from now. I'm, I'm losing track of my months here. A little over two months from now, he's coming. He wrote an article for the National Catholic Register about this this fear, the hysteria, mm. what's going on, and, and I talk, I, I'm going to talk to him about that. And uh, I'm curious, and I'd like to take a little informal poll because you know how I feel. Uh, I, I'm just curious, people listening right now, how ready are you, even right now, to get out to events? Are you still a little apprehensive? And I, if so, I I, I respect that. 
Or are you just like, come on, let's get out, let's go to events, uh, I'm, I'm sick of the social distancing and, uh, you can call up and talk to us. We just have a few minutes because I gotta play the, the Monsignor Charles Pope interview here in about, uh, five minutes. But if you wanna call and let us know how you're doing, 877-757-9424. Uh, or if you wanna text me on a scale of one to ten, how ready are you to get back to regular life? I'm like a ten. You know, some, I know a friend of mine's at like a one and she's like, no, no, get that face mask on. We got to be socially distanced. And you know, and that's fine if that's where you are, but text me. Let's see if maybe a few people will text and let us know where you are with all this. And even with masses, you're ready to just get back to regular. You, you still think, no, no, I'm not ready from zero to 10, 10 meaning let's fill up the churches and get it, get this, this weekend and get back to regular. Or one means, nope, I'm staying home. I don't want to get out there, okay? Uh, 972-757-2990. 972-757-2990. Maybe I'll get five people to respond. That'd be great. I'll give you an average Definitely. of what people are thinking, okay? 972-757-2990. You can just text me a number. I'll know what it is. Uh, one through ten. Okay, how ready are you just to get out to events, get back to mass, you know, congregate with people? Uh, also, we want... People to sign up for our Facebook yes, page, yes, right? Yes, our Facebook page, our Facebook group was specifically for the 9, 10 a.m. listeners. We have um, it on Facebook. You can go to Facebook.com and you type in GRNDFW. And it's just really a local group where we can post about things that are happening, um, give suggestions, especially as we're in this time, of things that you've been doing at home to keep your spiritual life very strong and keep going. Um, it, everyone can post there once you're added to the group. Any, um, You can share things that are happening at your parishes because that's really great because then um, everyone can share the wealth of exciting things that are happening. Obviously, a little less happening at the moment, but the mm-hmm. whole idea yeah. is that one day there will be again. We have currently 286 members, uh, which is awesome. Um, I 14 would, more. 14 more. I would love okay. to get to 300. That's my next goal is to break 300. Um, so what you have to do, facebook.com, type into your Facebook uh search bar type in grndfw and you'll find our group and you just have to ask to join the group and i will approve you and you are in all right so, so 14 people by the end of the show today I, I, would be pretty exciting a pretty lofty goal i mean we normally i i think the first time we did this we probably mm-hmm. got 10 or 15 but then since then uh, you know a lot of the same people have uh, you know i've already, yeah. I'm already a friend well so. and if you already are in the group if you have any fellow church members that you yeah. think would enjoy being in the group too invite them you can do that pretty easily yourself yeah so. All right, so we got 286. The mm-hmm. goal is 300 by the end of the hour. To yeah. uh, and and quite frankly, we're trying to catch up to Houston. I mean, really. I mean, Houston. Do they have a thousand yet? Should I go check and just see? Yeah, it, see, I, see think, I think Houston's it's over at. a thousand. Honestly, oh, oh yeah. they're at 1300. Oh, they're 1300. A thousand over us. <laughs> it's a thousand over us. Okay, but now that they got a big head start on they us. They did. They and did. And they've got Joe McLean, the social media guru yeah. on their side and you know tim's no slouch either i mean he's pretty good with all this but we are dfw and yeah. we cannot let houston beat us <laughs> i know dfw come on so uh all right so go to facebook.com join ask for permission to join the facebook page of north texas you can join the houston one if you want no, no, what do you say what do you say <laughs> I, mean, I just don't want to sound you know like um yeah, yeah. no we no, want we no, want them because you you're in north texas you yeah, want to know what events are going he, on here uh, yeah right? you can go uh that's the idea is that we're trying to, I will try to post things about what shows we're doing and about our summer speaker series event. We'll be giving updates, all sorts of things. And yeah, so there's sometimes like stuff that you can get heads up about when you should tune in is particularly about something local that's happening. It's just fun. All right. Uh, so we're, uh, let's see. No, no, but nobody has texted me. And yet. I've got no new members. I think we're talking oh, to yeah. ourselves. Today. <laughs> Are we even broadcasting? Are we going over the air? Yeah. All right. So let's get 14 people to join the uh, Facebook group. And then, uh, if you want to let me know, let us know how you doing. Are you ready to get back out into uh, events and church and mass and all that? Uh, you can text me at 972-757-2990. Let's go ahead and play the interview that I did with Monsignor Charles Pope. Again, this hasn't been heard before, and it has to do with the article he did with the National Catholic Register and also his upcoming Summer Speaker Series appearance uh, on July 23rd, which uh, we're very excited about. So here is my discussion with Monsignor Charles Pope. Very happy to have on the line with me Monsignor Charles Pope. He is uh, serves uh, as pastor of Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Parish in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Also, he is a very familiar voice. You hear him every morning on Morning Glory at, 10, at 6 o'clock uh, our time. And 
He uh, also publishes a daily blog at the Archdiocese of Washington website. He has written in pastoral journals, conducted numerous retreats for priests and lay faithful, and has conducted weekly Bible studies in the U.S. Congress and the White House. He was named a Monsignor in 2005, and he's also planning to be our speaker for the July 23rd Summer Speaker Series event in Dallas. At the Frontiers of Flight Museum, tickets are not on sale yet, but they will be soon, and we welcome yeah. Monsignor Charles Pope. How are you doing, Monsignor? Good. I am doing fabulously well. I, I had uh, been quite ill earlier in the year, but I'm, I'm real healthy now, so thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you, it actually ties into the article, and kind of what I wanted to talk about was an article that you wrote for the National Catholic Register called Coronavirus, Where is Thy Sting? Why This Gripping Fear is Useless? Before that, though, I want to ask you, because as I mentioned in the introduction, you, you know, your, your primary, you know, vocation obviously is a pastor of your parish, but you also are able to do a lot of writing, blogging, TV, radio. Do you, do you find one form of media evangelization to be more effective than, than other, or do you enjoy one more than or, or the others, or, or, or how, how does that uh, square out? You know, I have to say, I guess of all the different formats I'm on, I, I do love radio the most. Yeah. Uh, it's very intimate, and um, we usually have a little more time. You know, if we know on TV, it's like there's all the stuff going on in the background, signals going back and forth, and everything seems like it's in a big rush. And I do love writing. Writing is actually a, my first love, but it, it it is always a little bit more difficult. I have to sit down and compose my thoughts. And But it's uh, radio is just a chance to reach a lot of people, and I, I find the, you know, the... The format intimate, you know, I just feel really, really connected mm-hmm. to listeners. Yeah, I, I find when we do radio and we also have Facebook Live or YouTube Live, it takes something away because I really don't want to be seen. <laughs> I just want to mm-hmm. be able to express myself with my voice. But, uh, of course, uh, nowadays things are, are going very visual, even on radio. All right, the article, mm-hmm. Coronavirus, Where's Thy Sting? Why This Gripping Fear is Useless. Uh, one of the things I've admired so much about you, Monsignor Pope, is that you're you're very honest and you're very straightforward, but I think in a very charitable and pastoral way. Uh, what, what, why were you inspired to pick this topic for this particular article for the National Catholic Register? You know, I think two things uh, most concern me. Uh, one uh, more culturally, and the other more in terms of the church. Culturally, is I have never. I'm I'm, I'm knocking on the door of sixty, so I'm not okay. I'm not that old, but I will tell you. In my life, I've never seen such a gripping fear. And it's not just in the U.S., it's worldwide. People just really, really fearful. And the media, of course, does their their fear cells, of course. And so they just pile on. And so I had to turn that thing off about five weeks ago. I just couldn't listen anymore. You know, 2.2 million deaths in America by June. You know, all these, you know, dire, terrible things. And and people were just, just scared and, and, I've just, I've never seen anything like it. And we've had murders and SARS. We've had worries about ozone holes and all that climate change stuff. But this is just so intense and so worldwide um, that I, I personally can have to conclude there's something quite demonic in it. Um, but the gripping fear, it's one thing to be a little bit anxious and want to be prudent, wash your hands, be more careful, let's quarantine the vulnerable, but we've all locked down. We've, we've quite literally been willing to almost destroy our economy over this, and uh, people will argue whether we should have done that or not. I'm not an immunologist, but for me, the fear is just, I've never seen anything like it, yeah. and that's why I, I, at some level, I marvel about it, and so that's maybe maybe what what inspired me to to write the article a little bit more um i would but i would also say that i, I think the, what i find remarkable about it is that we we live in a world that's filled with risk mm-hmm. you know, every time we get in our car step out the door or even before coronavirus i mean there's 10 million bacteria on every inch of air <laughs> yeah know, we're, we're we're in a world that's filled with viruses and but we have these immune systems and generally we do okay and Every now and again, like I did a couple months, so we we get sick, sometimes very sick, and then uh, we recover. Frankly, at some point, we will finally suffer and die, and that's just all part of life. And I find people are just so frozen uh, with fear on this particular one, which is clearly a a tough virus, but um, gosh, 
uh, should we really be this afraid? So that's kind of a quick mm-hmm. answer, I guess. Not, not a quick answer. I apologize. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was a good answer. And I, you know, there's this fear, I guess, there's certain things we, we should be afraid of. You know, we should be afraid of, you know, driving 120 miles down, per hour down the freeway. Uh, and yeah. so there's certain fear is not always bad, but this has turned yeah. into almost like an OCD anxiety that isn't one person mm-hmm. or the, the, your crazy aunt or the crazy guy down the street. This is widespread mm-hmm. to the point also, and what you point out that those who are saying tap the brakes, let's kind of get, try to get slowly back to normal, we're seen as insensitive, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah, I mean, the shorthand is you want people to die. Yeah. You're like, wow, okay. And, and it's interesting, too, when you hear that someone tested positive for coronavirus, suddenly you conclude they're in a hospital on a respirator about to die, and that isn't necessarily true. Uh, many people who get the virus become either moderately ill or, or some show no symptoms at all, and some become very seriously ill. Some, some uh, about 1% do die, and, and that's it's very tragic. But it's, 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 is that – how do you weigh – that versus the you know uh, 50 million people in unemployment, um, yeah. people who can no longer get together with families, who have to cancel their weddings, who uh, who are drinking now too much. Uh, maybe there's you know I, I could go on. You get the idea. But when people yeah. can't work, they get angry, they get depressed, they get suicidal. There's a lot of other medical procedures that have gone on hold now. I haven't seen my doctor who I was supposed to see uh, for four, for six weeks now because uh, you know and so. Again, all of these are just ways of saying, how do you weigh all this? I don't have the scales, but I just know I'm just utterly amazed at how fear has so tipped the scale. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing, and you, I, 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 when you talk about it being diabolical or demonic or the word that you used, uh, the the thing that it the, that I, I guess lament the most is what it's done for personal relationships where now everybody is suspicious of everybody it's not like leprosy where if somebody has leprosy you can see it it's like everybody could have this you know because it's it could be asymptomatic and so it seems like the the devil would want none of us to trust each other nobody's shaking hands grandparents Mm -hmm. aren't hugging their grandchildren everybody's behind glass that seems diabolical because it's it's totally against Mm -hmm. the christian you know the charity yeah, you know, sometimes people call and say, Father, can I come over and talk to you? Uh, I said, sure. Are you sure, Father? You know, I said, yeah, no, please, I'd be happy to have you come. Please yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you're right. There are some people who will feel like, you know, every possible human being that they come close to could be a, the, a deadly threat. And um, this is certainly, uh, again, not the, not the case. And, uh, I mean, again, I don't speak as an immunologist. But, you know, I, I know this. That let's take worst-case scenario. I encountered someone, I got the virus, I got sick, and I died. I would be happy to die because I was serving God's people. Mm-hmm. I never want this fear to grip me so much that I would not be willing to go out. Like I did yesterday, I celebrated a funeral. I had two funerals last week. Uh, I do go and I visit the sick. I have my church open. I hear confessions. I, you know, I just, I just don't ever, ever want this to so paralyze me that I, that I see other people as a potential threat to my life. Yeah. Um, I, my, my life is offered in sacrifice. You know, no, of course I, I speak that way as a priest. I realize fathers and mothers and others, you know, can't be so easy sacrificial <laughs> with their yes. lives. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're so right. It's, it's turned everybody into a terrible possible threat. And, um, anyway, well, it, it's just very, very amazing to me. And like I say, I, I see it as diabolical because it's so worldwide. You know, you can see, well, maybe it's the media generated or it's just, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever. But this is worldwide, Dave. It's all over the world. And mm-hmm. it so seized us. Yes. You know, the death the, rates are high, but they're not that high, you know. Right. And yeah, you point out, there's, I think you point out in the article, there's a very, very, very good, I think it's like 98% chance that you're going to recover. Uh, in fact, my, my mm-hmm. own wife, I, I had symptoms early on. I, th- I think she had it and she, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some saints that uh, come to mind. Uh, many people are talking about St. Charles Borromeo. Um, uh, I believe that was the one who, during the plague, yeah. dealt with this. Uh, St. Damien of Malachi comes to mind, who willingly went yeah. into the leper colony in Hawaii and ended up dying from yeah. it. 
there, there are others as well. Any saints that you 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 look to for inspiration during this time? Mm-hmm. Now, that would certainly be the ones that, that, that who come to mind, especially. And um, you know, we have a. Um, um, I will say that we know a little bit more about uh, epidemiology and uh, immun- you know immun- immunology than maybe they did. But so I, I do understand that there's need for, for example, St. Charles Borromeo uh, sco- scolded the public authorities for closing down the churches in time of plague. And uh, I realize that our bishops haven't done that. And maybe, they, we, you know, we know things. So mm-hmm. prudence and caution. And there may be a time, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to we're, we're getting close to many areas. We're reopening churches on a limited basis because the sacraments really matter to prayer matters. And um, so I can understand that uh, we, we couldn't necessarily act in exactly the same way that Charles Borromeo did today. We know we know now how things are transferred in a way maybe he and his generation didn't. But we have to um, somehow be present to our people. So so I talk a little bit about, you know, all this, this concern about fear and just let's face our fears and let's accept the fact that God, our life is in God's hands. And we face innumerable risk every time we walk out the door. COVID aside, innumerable risk. And um, and yet God takes care of us. And most of us live rather healthy and well. Mm-hmm. We've never been so healthy and lived so long, yet we've never been so anxious about our health. So somewhere in the, we, we have to, I think, balance a, a prudential concern uh, and caution but but not let it become this pandemic of fear that I see. And so that would be the first point I make in the article. Interesting. I I, I don't know that I've heard anybody talk about the fear being the pandemic. Uh, that's that's, that's a, mm-hmm. it's an interesting uh, take on it. Um, Monsignor, you may, uh, one line in your article says, I am convinced, uh, much of this I am convinced is because in this increasingly secular world, suffering and death have lost their meaning. And uh, comment on that. What did you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. It sort of also leads into the second point of the article, which is that for for our world, there really suffering is the worst thing, uh, and certainly death. And whereas in 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 a, in a Christian ethos, the cross and suffering have they're they're full of meaning. None of us like suffering, but as Saint Paul says, suffering. The, the sufferings of this world can be compared to the glory that they produce. Mm-hmm. He says that this momentary affliction is producing for us a glory that far outweighs it. And so that there's a meaning to human suffering uh, that, that helps us to grow. And God intends some of this suffering for us. Not, he doesn't cause it, but he permits it, if you will, because through it we gain wisdom, we grow, we realize that this world ain't all that, and we're, we're meant for someplace better. There's just any number of things that, that suffering can do. None of us like the cross, but when it comes, it's filled with meaning. And as far as uh, dying, you know, my, my father, I, I saw him die six months, his last six months. I was at his bedside. But those six months, Dave, were the most important six months of his life. You know, he, he reconciled so many things, and he desired to finally could just go home and be with God. God did important work for him, so... Suffering and dying, and of course, when we do finally die, if we're faithful, <laughs> death is the greatest day of our life. We get mm-hmm. to leave this lunatic asylum and go home and be with God. We might go through purgatory, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, we're on our way to glory. Yes. Joy is unspeakable. Glory is untold. And, and, and of all the times when we could be speaking about these things in the church, we've been muted because, again, you don't care if people die. Well, I do care, but I'm trying to help people who are suffering and dying to find that there's meaning in this, too. This isn't just a complete, total disaster, and the government needs to do something. This is a time for us to say suffering and death are part of life. How do we understand it? And the world no longer does, because we've kicked God to the curb. The Judeo-Christian kind of milieu we used to live in, we called it Christendom, is gone and uh, for people now, there's no meaning. Suffering is just the worst thing, and death, the very worst thing. Yeah, and you also mentioned that we've made uh, this world, and I'm, I'm trying to find uh, the spot here. That Yeah, yeah the, the, you, you call this world paradise lost, like Milton did, but we've made mm-hmm. this world our utopia in a sense. And I, and I just wonder, as you, mm-hmm. as you speak, um, if the theological virtue of hope 
is what's uh, lacking is that we don't mm-hmm. we don't aspire and we don't have that great hope for what what's beyond this world and we're so locked mm-hmm. in that we're even willing to lock ourselves into our house uh, for four months rather than venture out and truly live. Yeah, and it, it, the way you put that this is another part I'm making the article, which is that you know you just want people to die. No, I want everyone to live, but yeah. living is more than having a pulse. It's it's being able to go out and you know, labor and produce fruits and, you know, enjoy the fruits of those labors. It's paying your bills and raising your family. It's engaging in social activities, getting married and <laughs> celebrating family celebrations. It's, uh, it's going to restaurants. It's, it's being, being able to enjoy the good things of life as well. And somewhere in all of this, uh, is, is just utterly shocking to me that we've just allowed a fear to shut almost everything down in effect. So that some of us don't die, and that's very sad, but there's more to life than not dying. <laughs> Living is about much more than not dying. And uh, so the, these things, I think, um, I, and of course I run the risk. I hear people can say, no, you're insensitive, you don't care. I do. Mm-hmm. The death of any human being is very, every human being is precious. I, I've had two funerals this week. All right. I, I, but, but. You know, we don't want everyone to stop living because some people die. We're all going to die. And again, please, no, I'm not asking for just flip a switch and we're all going to go back to the way it was two months ago. Let's be reckless and just throw the switch and just forget all this. I'm not saying that either. But a good prudential a movement away from this fear, I think. We've got to face our fears and say, look, this is a little over the top, y'all. Yes. And what we got to start doing now in a prudential way in stages, carefully, um, following good distancing, all the kinds of stuff that we learned early on, but begin to reopen. And yes, it's going to be risky. And yes, some people who might might get COVID, who might not have, but most of them will survive, and we're going to be collectively okay. And I think we have to kind of edge away from the fear and back into a kind of a sense that it's not going to be risk-free, there will never come to a point where we run this thing down to zero, no zero, zero risk. It's, it's, it's going to be risky, but it's, it's a risk worth taking because other, other lives and other things matter too. Yes. I'm thinking of the July 23rd talk where you're scheduled to come here to Dallas uh, to give a talk. And who knows where the country, the world is going to be at that time. But I'm thinking by then things will have calmed down a bit and people, your life will get back to some sense of normalcy. And I, I would just I close this out as, as we wrap up this conversation. What, what do you think ultimately, as we look back a year from now, will be the lessons, maybe even the good that has come out of the whole uh, coronavirus uh, crisis and pandemic? Well, my hope is for, uh, that if we look back, we'll, we'll have a very, well, this is, this is a big hope, but a non-political, <laughs> um, just sober look back at, here's what we did well and right, and here's where we overextended. We, you know, here's here, here were the models that sort of predicted accurately, and here were the models that were way over the top, like 2.2 million dead, and, and so, you know, here's here's what we need to do in the future if we face something similar. You know, here's what works, but here's what's over the top, and and really learn in a in a kind of a never again kind of scenario where we will ever go to this extreme to harm an entire you know just millions of people on unemployment, real serious you know financial blow. I hope we can look back and say, okay, we got a few things right, and we got a lot of, we got a few things wrong. Let's never get these things wrong again. And let's remember to be courageous in the land of the free, in the home of the brave, that life has risk. But in the end, um, we face them with courage and faith. Amen. Last question. It's going to be a little bit of an off-the-wall question, uh, but uh, the last one I'll ask. Uh, Father John Ricardo, I've heard him say a number of times that every priest has one homily. I don't know if you've ever heard him say that, that there's one thing that every priest always kind of comes back to, the most important important message that uh, he just really wants to, to, to impart on people that that are listening. What 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 is you and, and it could be unrelated to what we're talking about previously mm-hmm. with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most important message that you try to impart to people? My essential message is that Jesus Christ 
suffered and died and rose to give you and me a completely new life. St. Paul says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, everything is new. And we've got to begin to lay hold of that vision. He died to give us this life, this transformed life, where we're seeing sins put to death and grace is coming alive, where we're seeing fears going away and confidence, where we're seeing uh, anxieties and, and, and negative things like hatred and anger and bitterness give way to forgiveness and love and mercy. That's the new life. And he died to give it to us and he rose to show it to us. So my fundamental homily is always that. Jesus Christ died to give you a completely new life. Now lay hold of it. Yeah, amen. Very good. Monsignor Pope, thank you so much. Uh, Again, we've been speaking to Monsignor Pope from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and he is coming to North Texas. We pray and hope. Uh, on July mm-hmm. 23rd for the Summer Speaker Series event. It's going to be a wonderful evening. I am guessing we're all going to be together, and it's going to be somewhat normal, <laughs> uh, but it's mm-hmm. probably going to be an event where all of us are just dying to get out of the house and uh, escape the Texas heat and go have a great event. And so we are excited to welcome you then, Monsignor Pope, and I thank you very much for your time today as well. Great to be here. Thanks. All right, there it is. That was recorded last week. I really enjoyed that. I love Monsignor Pope. Uh, and I asked him that last question because I'm still trying to figure out the title of his talk and what it's going to be. I love, uh, he said, never again. You know, never again. Would that be a good title of a talk? You know, never again. We're never going to allow ourselves to get into this kind of a pandemic of fear again. Uh, also, uh, he said, everything is new. Maybe that, that would be a good title. So, all right, are you ready to get out on July 23rd and go to an event? Tickets are not on sale yet, so I'm not trying to sell tickets, but, uh, text me and say, uh, yeah, I want to come. And again, non-binding, just want to, uh, I want to see what is the excitement level to get out on July 23rd. That's more than two months from now. 972-757-2990. And you know what? We are going to take a break. Uh, I, I, I during this, this break here, I, do we have the homeschool connection spot? Uh, you're going to hear a new sponsor, Homeschool Connections. I actually teach a class for them in Thomistic philosophy, and you're going to hear a whole lot of voices on the air. Uh, Joseph Pierce, Tim Staples, uh, John Martinoni. I'll, I'm going to cut one as well. Uh, so a good option for homeschool parents if you want to do some some live interactive classes in the fall. So I'm so happy that they are sponsors now. All right, Jen Ball is right around the corner along with her guest, uh, Andre Valdivia. And a quick break, and we'll have them on with the YCP segment of the Good News Show right after this. Hi, this is Dave here at the station. How are you remaining connected to your friends, your family, your parish, your diocese, to your faith during this pandemic? I invite you to join us for a new program here on 910 AM called Connected During Crisis, which airs live during the 10 o'clock hour each Wednesday morning. During this show, we connect you with leaders from the Dallas and Fort Worth Diocese who provide valuable news and information to help us all get through this together. It's Connected During Crisis, Wednesdays at 10 AM here on KTH 910 AM. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. The Catholic Marketing Network Momentum 2020 event is the premier trade show and conference for organizations who serve the needs of Catholics. Join us in Dallas on July 14th through 17th to connect with Catholic retailers, business owners, and ministry leaders. This event is packed with powerful seminars, trade show exhibits, and face-to-face networking. Find out how you can be part of Momentum 2020 at catholicmarketing.com. Exhibitor reservations are available now. 
All right, we're back. This is the Good News Show. It's Monday, May 11th. Uh, really enjoyed Monsignor Charles Pope. Thanks to the folks who have texted me saying, yeah, I'm all in. I'm going. July 23rd. Tickets aren't for sale yet, but uh, they will be soon. All right, it's the second Monday of the month, and that means... It uh, means one thing. It means it's the YCP segment uh, during the second half of the program today, and we uh, we uh, welcome, as usual, Jen Baugh. She is the founder and national executive director of Young Catholic Professionals, found online at youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Jen Baugh, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Dave. I'm doing really well. How about you? Yeah, it's still not, not quite the same as having you uh, in studio and all that. And I know a lot of people are, are opting for that. Uh, one of these months we'll get back in studio, but uh, this is the next best thing, isn't it? Well, we take what we can get, right? We, <laughs> we, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you have, uh, I, I guess before we go to Andre Valdivia, and uh, I'm, I'm curious if he's uh, related to, I have some friends, Carlos and uh, Viviana uh, Valdivia. I don't know if he's related to them or not, but we'll find out. Uh, but anyways, uh, any any uh, quick update on YCP before we bring uh, your guest on or anything you want our listeners to know about? Um, you know, we're, we're just continuing to press forward. Our, our chapters are having wonderful virtual events. Um, so what the neat thing about all of this is that, a young Catholic here in Dallas can actually listen in to a, a really top-notch Catholic executive in Detroit or Silicon Valley. Um, so it's, it's been a really wonderful time to bring together our national movement, and we're, we're pressing forward in trust. It's definitely, definitely a, a time of trial, but we're trying to be as hopeful and action-oriented as we can. All right, and still planning on the fall event, right? Yes. Oh gosh, we're we're praying to Saint Joseph every day, asking him to perform a miracle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I, you, we've got Andre connected now via phone, so I'll go ahead and let you introduce him and uh, and, and 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 chat with him. So uh, good, good having you on, Jen. Thank you so much, Dave. And yes, I'm I'm so excited to have Andre on our uh, radio segment today. Andre is a a friend and has been a wonderful participant and member of Young Catholic Professionals for a while now. I thought it'd be neat to kind of feature him uh, during this this whole time. It's, it's definitely been a challenging time for all of us, um, you know. And just Andre can share a little bit of what he's he's been doing. He's actually been uh, involved with YCP in some contract work, um, so we've gotten to know him even better. Um, so, Andre, welcome to the show. It's it's great to have you. Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you, Dave, for having me on. I am, in fact, re- related to Carlos and Viviana. They are. My brother and sister. Oh, so shout out okay. To them. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, yeah. I, I figured there might be because it's not a real common name. So, all right. Well, my your your esteem, yeah. in my opinion, just went even higher than it was before because they're wonderful <laughs> people. But, anyways, well, thanks for confirming that. It's good to know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Thank you for adding the flair to my name too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andre, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just you know, sort of professionally. Uh, I think it's really neat that you know you are a young Catholic professional member of YCP who happens to be married with children. Uh, you know, Dave, I think a common misconception of our participants is that they're just young singles, but yeah. we actually have a ton of uh, young married couples with families. Um, so, Andre, tell us a little bit about you personally, professionally, um, and then just a little bit about kind of what life has been like for you this year. Yeah, thank you, Jen. Um, so, as you mentioned, I am married, got three kids, uh, ages eight, six, uh, four, and it's been, it's been good. I mean, you, you have this opportunity that you wouldn't have otherwise had to really be at home and enjoy and cultivate that family life a lot more. Um, professionally, I have over 12 and a half years of experience uh, in learning and development and a little bit of a account management, digital marketing. And it was unfortunate during this time, I found myself uh, in a career transition. Um, but it was really good just to get an email one day from you, Jen, and the YCP organization offering uh, contract work. And it's been really fun to kind of keep my skills sharp and work on projects that are helping the organization move forward and really work to see if we can connect more young people together. Um, I love the fact that, you know, there's there's a forum for people to really get to meet each other and especially as a as a young parent. Um, you kind of feel like on an island. So many of your peers who are more in the secular world probably don't have kids or uh, haven't settled down, but having a forum where you can meet like-minded people who also have professional goals but also want to create a domestic church, that's just an invaluable resource. And so it's, it's, it's an honor to be able to contribute to that. 
Oh, it's, it's been an honor for us to work with you. And, and like you said, I mean, it's so much of it right now is that we need, we need support. We need encouragement. Um, we are a Catholic family. And if we can't rely on each other right now when, when times are most challenging, when can we, right? So um, I think it, just, it speaks to the need for this community very much. And, and you were engaged, of course, be- well before all of this. Um, so you've heard so many of the speakers talk about, you know, this concept of working in witness for Christ. Um, can you share a little bit about what that means to you as a young worker, you know, this, this notion that we are supposed to honor God through the work that we do um, every day, whether it's the most mundane task or even the most lofty, um, and also that our workplace can be a form of, of witness, a form of evangelization. Um, can you speak to that in, in your own journey? Certainly, yeah. I, I think of St. Jose Maria Escriva, who considers, you know, your daily life and your daily practices to be prayers that you can offer up. And so even when you go through the mundane tasks, which are a little bit taxing to you mentally, emotionally, you, you can offer those up as an occasion of prayer. And then beyond that, just as working in witness, I think even the smallest things that professionals can do um, whenever we, we get back together where we're with people, I mean, just even saying a blessing before your meal, uh, making the sign of the cross. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm not very outspoken about my faith in the workplace. I'm not going and um, standing up in meeting rooms and proclaiming the good news, but even just um, making the sign of the cross or if you're on a work trip with colleagues and kind of being a little bit late to breakfast because you decided to go to the, to the local mass that morning and they ask you, hey, where were you? Oh, I, I just went to mass. I mean, even just doing those those things and caring about the rich the ritual practices of a daily of a daily Catholic life that that gets you known as somebody who who cares about their faith, who is kind of like the Catholic in the in the workplace. And then I don't know, it just it's been my experience that you gravitate towards others. I mean, you kind of you kind of get to know people in the workplace who, oh hey, you you do the sign of the cross before meals. Me too. Okay, let's talk about our faith and. I mean, in my my former workplace, it was fantastic just to get to know a really small community uh, of Catholics, and we'd go on work conferences, and then when Sunday would come around, we'd text each other and say, "Hey, there's this mass at this time. Let's all go together." And so it's it's good. I mean, just the the daily practice of your faith allows you to have greater opportunities to connect with others and to you know embolden others to to be that light. Absolutely. And I think it also gives more meaning to our days, right? You know, when some people might just sort of be stuck or, um, you know, something challenging that happens at work might really bring them down. I think we as, as Catholics can rely on our faith in the workplace to help us persevere and sort of to add greater insight into different um, experiences we might be encountering. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's, so important in that regard as well to have this community to remind ourselves that yes we're in the world but we're not of the world and and, and that really is the essence of, of YCP. Um, Dave I thought it could be neat if Andre shared a little bit of the consulting project that he's helping us with right now. Um, it's it's a really really neat uh, project we have going on so, so Andre why don't you tell us a little bit about it. Sure so I'm working on a project called Chapter in a Box and so uh, my hat's off to Jen and Peter and the entire YCP staff. They've been able to grow their presence in uh, 2021 cities nationwide. Um, and it's been a Herculean effort of training and sourcing the right leaders. And I've been fortunate through the project to speak with leaders all over the country. And invariably, they all share just this passion for the mission of what YCP is. And in Dallas, I've taken for granted, I, I know exactly what YCP is. And so, I mean, if I were to go somewhere and start a chapter, I would know exactly what it is. But what's really heartening is to see that there's so many people who hear about it, have never been to, to an event, but just all of a sudden, you know, they commit themselves and they're, they're so gung-ho to perpetuate the idea of working a witness for Christ with other young uh, Catholics. And so the project I'm working on is to help scale that process. Um, I know Jen could probably share a little bit more about YCP's plans to, to grow more in in the coming years. And so I'm working on a project to make the onboarding process simpler for uh, new leaders. And then, of course, taking into account those leaders that uh, transition off into um, a transition off of the leadership team. And then, of course, it needs to be handed off into 
a new set of volunteers' hands. And so having an artifact uh, so that that transition is easy and so that it can still be an effective ministry even when it changes hands between one set of leaders and the next set of leaders. Yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting project. And, I mean, it's it, again, you know, Dave, I think just to think about um, some of the fruits of this challenging time, I, I don't think we would have had the opportunity to work with Andre on a, on a contract project like this if it wasn't for this whole scenario. Um, so we, we do have so much to be thankful for. And, and I was thinking of Andre, one of the fun things you and I did together is we had a, a strategy call with one of the um, vice presidents of, of strategy and operations at Wingstop, which is a, a global franchise organization headquartered right here in Dallas. And uh, the, the young woman who, was, um, who is this head of strategy attended one of the YCP events and um, offered to share some of her insights with us as it relates to this chapter in a box project. And it just has me thinking about, you know, the, the neat uh, benefit we have as Catholics to connect with those who have gone before us in the form of mentorship and guidance. I was wondering, Andre, if you might share just the role that mentorship has played in your own professional journey and even maybe your faith journey. Yeah, I think mentorship is really everything. You you can either go about it on your own trying to figure things out, or you can look to someone who's been there before. And uh, yeah, to your point, Jen, the, the network that YCP has is just phenomenal. Um, it was an honor meeting um, Marisa from Wingstop, uh, you also connected me with Todd Strohsnyder. I don't know if he's listening in, but uh, shout out to him. He's been just wonderful. And especially now, um, for anybody who's looking for a new role, I think the, the key thing is just who do you know? Who is in your network? And even during this time where we're all separated from each other, just the, the ability to pick up the phone and contact each other and just kind of talk a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself that's great, and it can put you in touch with even more and more people. And spiritually, I think it's it's the same deal. Um, the power of spiritual direction is helpful because, you know, there's so many resources out there, but where do you start? What is the thing that's applicable to your life and your situation? So I, I really think about the times where I've had the great spiritual growth has been when I've spoken with, you know, priests who are really open to, uh, to leading you, to guiding you, to really meeting you where you are at and helping you grow. Because regardless of all the many resources that the Catholic Church has, it can be kind of daunting. It can be overwhelming. There's doctors of the church. There's the Bible. There's scriptures. Um, but they can point you to the right resources. It can be Catholic radio for, for somebody. It can be a specific show for someone else, a specific book. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been the hallmark of my professional and my spiritual growth, just being in contact with people who you know, you can trust a little bit more and who you can have some honest conversations with. Hey, Jen, I, I'm, I'm just going to give out the phone number, if I may, and uh, let, let everybody know that uh, this is a good news show. And Jen Ball with uh, Young Catholic Professionals is here with us with, with her guest, Andre Valdivia, uh, talking, I love the name, Chapter in a Box. That is that's so <laughs> clever. Uh, I just invite everybody, if they want to check out more about Young Catholic Professionals, go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org uh, or I think .com as well. I think you can get it either way. Is that right? Um Actually, just just .org. <laughs> okay, .org, okay, because yeah, I've tried .org. Okay, .org, I know I always get confused about that, but I'm on the site right now. And uh, I want to also invite people to call in if you have any questions about the organization. Maybe you're a young person that uh, is just hearing about this for the first time and you want to join uh, the Dallas or the Fort Worth chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. So, well, we got the, the founder and, uh, and Andre on, on the line with us right now at 877 757 9424-877-757-9424. All right, Jen, take it away. Thanks. Thanks so much, Dave. So segueing a little bit, um, Andre, I see on your LinkedIn that you speak three languages, English, Portuguese, and Spanish. And so, of course, Portuguese makes me think of Portugal, and we're celebrating the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima coming up this this week. Um, and just thinking this is our, our Blessed Mother's Month, the month of May, what is your relationship like with Our Lady? Has she been a, a source of comfort and support to you during this time and in your professional journey? Yeah, it's it's been good just being at home and trying to instill the practice of praying the rosary. Now, that can be a, 
an intimidating prospect with three kids who are eight, six, and four. <laughs> but um, I, I would encourage anybody with kids to really invest in resources to make that happen. Um, there's some great books out there that are very, very pictorial. I mean, they, they have beautiful artwork that depicts the mysteries. Um, so it's easy to follow along because you have your beads, which are great. But I mean, for kids, you might need something a little bit more tangible. And so having the, the space to do that on a consistent basis, um, I would say our, we, we try daily, but don't always get there. Um, but it's, I think it's just been a, a fantastic, you know, touch, touchstone. I mean, just, I, I'm just so hap- happy and grateful that the Catholic Church provides so many opportunities and for ritual that I think really help ground not only a person, but just the family. I mean, through, even through right now in these times, live streaming mass, uh, I know that YCP has has gathered folks to pray a rosary via Zoom. I participated in that with the YCP Dallas chapter. Um, it's just a, a wonderful benefit. I mean, if you have your Our Lady on your side, then I think you you got pretty good odds of <laughs> confronting whatever challenges you have to face. You're pretty set, right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, so. Speaking of Our Lady, uh, you know, Dave, our, our conference coming up this fall, God willing, is all about Our Lady's spouse, St. Joseph. And, uh, you know, I think he's also a powerful model for us. I, I was just thinking how, in a way, a lot of what's happened with this virus has, has in, a, in a sense, um, almost begun at its height on the Feast of St. Joseph's Husband, March 19th, and then May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker, is kind of when some of the uh, some of the shelter-in-place restrictions were relaxed a bit. So I, I just think of St. Joseph so much during this time, um, thinking that we can call upon him, of course, to uh, help all those people who are unemployed, who are looking for work, to help all of us who might be in new work situations at this moment, that we can be, uh, you know, you know, patient and full of perseverance and faith and trust in God. Um, I, I just think there's so many ways that we could look to St. Joseph to help us. Um, and so I would like to give a little bit of a, a pitch or promotion for our conference this fall. Um, we just had an email, got an email from the actor portraying Jesus in the new series, the Chosen. Mm. Dave, are you, from, are you oh, familiar with that at yes. all? Yes, my wife and I are addicted to that series. We can't wait for season two to come out. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it, yes. Well, it was so funny. We we put out an email marketing uh, about our conference, and so this individual, Jonathan Rooney, wrote back to us and said, uh, any chance you're looking for additional speakers, I play Jesus in the new series, The Chosen, and would love to speak at your conference. And so oh, I chatted with him. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> So I chatted with him on the phone. It turns out he's a member of YCP. Oh, is that uh, right? Is oh, wow. Hilarious. And he's wow. signed up now to be uh, our gala keynote speaker. And oh, so wow. It's amazing. He's very devout. If you go on his social media channels, he actually does all of his videos with the Divine Mercy image in the background. Um, and so we're just thrilled because he's going to share again you know, what, how he can honor God through his particular vocation, professional vocation as artist, and also sort of St. Joseph through his, his perspective right now. Um, so, I mean, we're going to just have so many amazing speakers like Jonathan. Uh, we're going to have people from all across the country, and it's really going to be an opportunity for people to support one another, I think, during this new time that we're, this new era that we're kind of, launching into, I think we need to support each other more than ever, and this conference will afford our young professionals to connect with seasoned Catholic executives, for, you know, these older Catholic executives to share their wisdom and guidance with the with the next generation. Um, there's going to be obviously time for the sacraments and prayer, so it really will be special. Um, our conference site is ycpconference.org. And uh, would really encourage anyone to to take take a look and really consider registering. Dave, uh, you're going to be there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have <laughs> even if you didn't have Jesus uh, coming. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know something? I'll, I'll tell you. Sissel uh, was the one that first told me about that series because she what was it back in the fall? Um, was asked to go out in the on the site. Yes, I got to site. go to the set that they had uh, in Weatherford, Texas. They filmed for a few weeks. 
and yeah. I got to interview them. I sat in front of Jesus's trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, no, I, uh, no, I'm very excited about that. That's no, uh, yeah, we're gonna hopefully broadcast live and uh, do what we did last year as well. So no, I'm, I'm very excited. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much. So I know we're we're running towards the end now, but I guess I'll ask Andre, you know, any final words to um, any of the listeners, right? Because I think you know, Andre, there's a ro- a role for anyone in YCP, whether you're a Catholic executive with experience that you want to share or a young young Catholic worker. Um, Andre, what would be your sort of message to people listening to get involved? Certainly. I think now is the time to really try to connect. There's not in-person meetings. Like you said at the beginning, Jen, there's so many wonderful virtual events that are happening um, around the country. So I think if you, if you follow YTP on Instagram, there's chapters that update with their events with what's going on so you can kind of keep in the loop there. Um, and also I, I just offer encouragement for anybody who might also be looking for work and just really do the work of connecting with other people. Um, all the places that I've gained traction with thus far have been through remote connections. I've never personally face-to-face uh, met some of the people that I'm in advanced interviews with, or if I have, it's been years and years uh, since I've been in the same room with them. But just through the magic of your telephone through Zoom, it's it's awesome. And so I think one of those first steps, if you're if you're looking for a community, if you're looking for folks who are like-minded and who are passionate about working a witness for Christ, um, go online and and seek out these um, <clears throat> virtual connection opportunities, so that when you hopefully set foot at the conference in September, you'll you'll be speaking with some familiar faces. Thanks right. so much, Andre. And one of the other benefits is you get to meet amazing people like Andre. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, and th- thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, and Andre, good to meet another of the uh, Valdivia family. I just uh, love your family, and now I, I love I love it even more. So uh, thanks for joining us in the program today. <laughs> Say hello to Carlos and Viviana, and uh, God bless you. And Jen, uh, we got about uh, 45 seconds left, so you want to uh, wrap things up. Uh, anything else you want to tell people? Uh, I know you already gave the website, ycpconference.org. Anything else? Uh, but we do we do, do need to go here in about 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I think just um, peace peace be with you. <laughs> no, we're... we're 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 very grateful to, for this opportunity to be with you, Dave. Um, again, encourage anyone to visit our site, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. There really is a place for everyone. The whole point is to help young workers realize that they are called to be in the world, but not of the world, that we're called to heaven, um, but that God uses our, our skills, our works to kind of build his kingdom. So um, it's just a wonderful community, and, and we would hope that anyone would, would get involved. So thank you so much, Dave. It's always a joy. Yeah, good good talking with you, Jen. Thanks so much. Stay safe. And again, those websites, ycpconference.org and also youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Thanks to Cecil and uh, Monsignor Charles Pope and everybody who helped to make this uh, a great program. God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next Monday for the next Good News Show. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. never heard y'all before there is this lady with her big white suv and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath put it on y'all's radio station anyhow and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs and they lead you into the right direction i just appreciate you and god for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is him and it's okay the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Cargo Eye Care of Las Colinas, a longtime sponsor on KATH 910 AM. Cargo Eye Care is owned by Dr. Jonathan Cargo from St. Anne Parish in Capel. Their office and eyewear gallery are centrally located in Irving. Cargo Eye Care offers a full range of services and products to patients of all ages. Most vision and health insurance plans are accepted, including Medicare and Medicaid. 972-432-2020 or on the web at CargoEyeCare.com. Are you a man who has been deeply affected by abortion? Are you looking for healing? 
and a chance to be with others in the same situation. Healing After Abortion Ministry is offering a one-day Dallas retreat. The 2020 Project Joseph Retreat for Men, which is planned for August 16th at Rachel's Vineyard in Dallas. To register or for more information, contact healing at projectjosephdallas.org or call 469-720-CARE. Visit the St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores and save big every day. The St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Store has thousands of name brand items priced under $5. That's thousands of items priced under $5. Women's, men's, and children's clothing, furniture, home decor, and more. All at extremely low prices. With two locations at Northwest Highway behind Left Field and in Plano off 75 and Parker Road. Visit the St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores and save big every day. Mention this ad and save 40% off your entire thrift store purchase. K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.